Hello, my name is Beth Anderson, and I am recording my podcast for EDL 508, Technology for School Leaders, through Western Illinois University in the fall of 2019. The topic that I am doing my podcast on has to do with the First Amendment rights and online expression. So I am doing this podcast because I have a situation that's going on in my school right now. And I'm a little uncertain of what I should be doing about it. There are two students who have almost gotten in fights twice now while in my school. And they, one of them has been suspended because of threats that were made while at school, verbal threats. One of the students has been showing me um, messages that the two have been sending back and forth outside of school and they are concerning. Um, There are threats that are going back and forth and besides letting the parents know that this is occurring, I'm not really sure where my responsibility lies. The internet blurs lines that would otherwise delineate where student speech would be protective. Some seemingly inappropriate activity, especially with off-campus online speech, may be a form of protected student expression. That's because with school authority and student social media use, you will find the light of free speech. The challenge is that that educators have to address off-campus online student speech that would otherwise not be allowed while they're at school. More than ever before, it's crucial that we as educators know how the Constitution applies to student expression and online use. They must be certain that they are ensuring students' constitutional right to free expression. In general, under the First Amendment, amendment, what is protected expression offline is still protected online, even in schools and even for students. So this applies to social media. There are reasonable limitations to the First Amendment guarantees for students offline and in schools. Student social media use as a form of expression can be subject to those same limitations. It can also be subject to consequences if it's outlined by the school policy or state or federal statutes. The following court decisions are able to help educators navigate these issues. Um, There were several listed. I looked at two. Um, Both of these court cases referred back to Tinker versus Des Moines. Um, The first one I looked at um, was Tatro versus the University of Minnesota, and this is from 2012. Miss Tatro was an undergraduate student in the University of Minnesota's Mortuary Science Program for students wishing to become funeral directors or morticians. In 2009, Tatro made several off-color posts on her Facebook page relating to her experiences that she had in the embalming lab. The posts were available to her friends and friends of friends. The post was read by a student who brought them to the attention of the department director. After investigating, Tatra was charged by the university's disciplinary body with violations of a university rule prohibiting threatening conduct and various mortuary science department rules involving privacy and proper care and respect for deceased persons. The school decided as a form of Discipline to put Tatro on probation for the remainder of her undergraduate career, changing her grade from a C plus to an F, 
which then required her to enroll in a clinical ethics course. Also, they required her to write a letter addressing the issue of respect and compelling her to complete a psychiatric evaluation. Tatro sought judicial review of the discipline, arguing, among other things, that the discipline for off-campus speech violated her First Amendment right to free speech. The Minnesota Court of Appeals upheld the University of Minnesota's discipline by ruling that the University of Minnesota had a right to discipline Ms. Tatro for her off-color comments that she made on the social networking site Facebook. In arriving at its decision, the Court of Appeals analyzed Tatro's First Amendment claim in the context of case law, one of, again, which was Tinker versus Des Moines, applied to high school and junior high school students. The Minnesota Supreme Court granted review of the case. The Supreme Court found that Tatra was not protected by the right to freedom of speech because her Facebook posts violated the Mortuary Science Program's academic guideline rules, which were narrowly tailored and directly related to established professional conduct standards. The next court case that I researched was Bell versus Itawamba County School Board. In 2011, Taylor Bell, a high school senior, recorded a rap song that accused two coaches at the school of engaging in sexual misconduct with female classmates who were friends of Bell's. Bell shared the video, which had vulgar language and contemplated the coaches might face retaliatory violence with his Facebook friends and posted it on YouTube. After learning of the video, the school's principal and the district superintendent accused Bell of making up the allegations. Bell was suspended and later sent to an alternative school. He appealed the disciplinary ruling to the school board in loss and filed a federal lawsuit alleging First Amendment violations. A federal district court upheld the punishment, saying that off-campus student speech can be censored or punished if the speech causes a substantial disruption of school activity, essentially expanding the ruling of Tinker versus Des Moines to apply to both on and off campus speech. The Student Press Law Center filed in defense of Bell, stating that while in poor taste, his speech did not cause a substantial disruption to the school. In addition, the SPLC disagreed with the district's court, district court's expansion of Tinker, writing that students need a safe place in which to criticize the actions of school officials. The SPLC brief argued that because a school has a job of educating students on issues such as free speech, it is against their mission to deny them the right to criticize public officials. In 2014, a panel of three judges from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit struck down the district court's ruling and issued a summary judgment in Bell's favor. Two out of three judges ruled that the song did not cause substantial disruption at school. The court decided to rehear Bell's case in 2015, and the court ruled in favor of the Mississippi School District. The court affirmed the district's court's ruling that the school administrators reasonably understood the speech to be threatening, harassing, and imitating the teachers, and that the song did cause a substantial disruption at school. So after researching um, these two court cases and a few others, um, one thing that continually comes up is whether or not this off-campus speech, off-campus online speech, is a substantial disruption to the school environment, which in my case with these two students, it is. Um, We have broken up one fight. Um, The second fight, we also broke up, 
and because of the verbal threats that occurred, a student was suspended. So I think I will continue to let the parents know that this is occurring. And then I think when the other student returns to school, we are going to have to sit down and have these two girls figure this out because this can't continue to disrupt the school environment. It's already done so twice. So this is my podcast. Thank you for listening.